0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. Tracy is back this week. We're going to continue our conversation about new age bypass, but we're also going to transition into talking about post-traumatic growth and the difference between post-traumatic growth and the like platitudes that people say, like, well, everything happens for a reason. And you're like, this does not happen for a reason. So... Thank you to all of you who have rated the podcast or have recommended us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Betrayal Trauma Recovery. We would love for you to go there and recommend the podcast and recommend BTR. I really appreciate reading your well wishes and your reviews. And thank you so much for your support. If you haven't already and you're so inclined, please rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting apps. Every single one of your ratings helps women find us. shout out to our Betrayal Trauma Recovery group members. They are able to talk to our coaches and other women who are going through this live every day. We have sessions multiple times a day in every single time zone. Check out the group session schedule at btr.org and we'd love to see you in a session today. Okay, we're going to jump in on me talking about what... Some people call hopium this hope that he will change or he can change and how that type of thinking can keep women stuck in an unsafe situation. Well, and and when you say work for the outcome that you want, all women that I've talked to, I've never met a woman who doesn't feel this way. Everyone wants a happy, safe marriage. And so women have already been operating on that for years where they're like, okay, he can change. I will be patient as he changes. I believe in Christ's atonement. You know, they might say that they might bring some spiritual things into it. So they're saying, I will be patient, right? Because I want this positive outcome. The problem with that is in that space of patience, they don't realize that they are unsafe that whole time. It would be better to say, The truth of the matter is I'm currently in an abusive situation. I need to get to safety. The outcome that I want is a happy, peaceful marriage. So from a safe distance, I will wait and observe to see if his behaviors change from a safe distance. But don't tolerate the abuse under the guise of trying to have a positive outcome that you want, right? Or the best outcome. Because That would be the best outcome, but when it comes to abuse, you're currently in the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is not divorce. You're currently in the worst case scenario, which is an abusive relationship, and nothing is going to feel good. There's nothing that's going to feel peaceful. There's nothing that's going to feel right when it comes to an abusive situation. Every effort you make to work towards safety is going to feel like, I don't really want to do this because you don't want to set that boundary, right? You don't want to make your way to safety because that's not the ideal situation. The ideal situation is a non-abusive situation, and that's not the situation that you're in.
1: Right, well, it's also painful. Truthful thinking is often painful thinking. The reality of our situations hurts oftentimes. The human experience is not always rainbows and butterflies. I don't think it was meant to be. So it is tempting to minimize the pain of it and pretend it's not as bad as it is.
0: Yeah, it's it gets really bad. It's really bad. I try to tell people how bad it is, and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to know how bad it is. So in talking about these new age things, like it's all for the best, or, you know, there's no coincidences, there might be some overlap with something called post-traumatic growth, although I think post-traumatic growth is something completely different. It is. So let's talk about what post-traumatic growth actually is, as opposed to like just thinking, oh, this happened for a reason. There are lessons to be learned. What would post-traumatic growth mean for a victim in an actual, meaningful, useful way?
1: So post-traumatic growth, first of all, is not an escape. It's not transcendence. It's not this arrival to this happy place where nothing bothers me anymore. It's rather than an escape, it's an embrace of ourselves. It's genuine self-compassion. It's loving ourselves enough to set boundaries. It's allowing ourselves the time and the patience to move through the hard, painful work of healing and coming out the other side with a new appreciation for life, healthier relationships with others, an optimistic view of new possibilities in life. We feel stronger. We feel changed. We feel genuinely changed. That's what it's going to look like.
0: For me, the post-traumatic growth that I have felt, I think has helped me feel more vulnerable and more human, more humble. It has truly humbled me and broken me to the point where now I feel very Like equal To my other fellow humans On this earth Um, How has that felt for you?
1: I love what you said about broken For me Allowing myself To feel as broken as I was To not be in denial about it But just to admit And to feel like I'm broken Like I'm, I'm broken And that's not a bad thing That's a starting place And then Diving into healing into education, into learning to have more compassion for myself and giving myself grace for the things that I'd been through where I had been victimized, all of that, and then integrating the story. So it's like I can think back on my story, even the story that I'm in right now still, and not feel ashamed of it not feel this intense pain about it. It's just, it is what it is. It's part of my, it's part of my story. It's part of my life. It's, it's part of who I am now. And I wouldn't be who I am now if I hadn't been through that. So I'm at peace with it. And then just everything that you said too. this humility, this new humility, where, because I feel so much compassion for myself, it naturally extends out to others. And I just feel, a compassion for all of my fellow human beings, whatever struggles they're going through. It's changed my perspectives on almost everything. <laughs> it affected basically every part of my life.
0: And I, I think the post traumatic growth isn't possible, the growth part with bypass, because bypass doesn't lead to growth.
1: Bypass leads to a temporary escape. It can feel like we've grown because we feel different temporarily, but our circumstances don't change and things are still acting on us in the same way. We may just be in denial of it. And we can do that for days or weeks or years. People can do that for years, but eventually our humanity is going to catch back up to us. We're going to fall hard. For me, like we talk sometimes about like an addict or an abuser, you know, needing a rock bottom to change I think that works that can apply to anybody and for me when the trauma was so bad that it was essentially a rock bottom for me and just realizing I'm broken like I'm on the floor helpless, bleeding and broken and hitting that kind of a low I think that the harder that bottom is the more potential for growth there is they're just correlated that way I'm
0: gonna pause here for a second to talk about Trauma Mama Husband Drama. It is a picture book for adults to help them understand the trauma that victims of emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion when pornography is involved or betrayal is involved. You can get that book at btr.org backslash books that'll send you right to Amazon or you can get it directly from Amazon just search trauma mama husband drama. When you buy the book please do a verified review on Amazon. Every single one of your ratings helps isolated women find us. If they find it on Amazon there's information about the podcast which is free to everyone so it really helps women find our free resources. All right now back to my discussion with Tracy. What would you say to women who have not yet felt that post-traumatic growth and they're in the middle of the trauma about what their future can look like as they take the time to heal and go through the stages of grief?
1: Be patient. Just be so patient and gentle with yourself. So patient and gentle. There are books you can read on self-compassion there are things you can do to, to try to practice that. For me, my belief is that self-compassion really is just opening ourselves up to feel the love of God. It's, it's, feeling, it's feeling a portion of His unmitigated love for us. In seeing ourselves the way that He sees us, that to me is what self-compassion is. And if we can truly tap into that and Studying Brene Brown can help because she researches shame and she teaches shame resilience. And shame, I believe, is the opposite of self-compassion. It's essentially self-loathing. Brene Brown can give you actual tools on helping to practice shame resilience in your life. But when we can see ourselves in that compassionate way, then we will be more gentle with ourselves. We'll be more patient with ourselves. Surround yourself with safe people who can be patient with you, who can tolerate your experience who can see it up close and personal and not turn away because it's too uncomfortable for them who are not going to rush you through it
0: also recognizing that you literally were a victim oh absolutely i think when women realize that they really were a victim genuinely that they can grow, but they don't have to go to 12-step for the rest of their lives or it will happen again. You know, there's nothing that they did or can do that would have avoided it. And then learning new skills, learning new things about themselves, learning all kinds of things. This can be a reason to learn and grow more, which can be exciting, but there's no shortcuts to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's not a straight and narrow path it's a long winding loop-de-loop kind of path but that's where the patience comes in and that's where the self-compassion comes in as we just move through that say I wrote something that I think expresses well I think post-traumatic growth I wrote it a couple years after a big d-day that I can read so this was about two years after my worst d-day I wrote this and posted it in recovery group and I put a trigger warning on it and the trigger warning is positive post. So um, I'll just read this. When I was in deep trauma, it was very difficult for me to hear overly positive reflections on betrayal trauma from people at the other end of the tunnel. I wanted hope, but I wanted it couched in reality. Otherwise it felt painful and unrealistically optimistic. Like I couldn't trust that these women were actually at peace with all that had happened. And I resented that they were not giving justice to the pain they had endured. And that's okay. For me, for hope to feel legitimate, I have to hear and feel how dark it was before. If I just see an after picture, then I doubt the reality of the before picture. I have to see them side by side to fully appreciate and trust the miracle of the healing that has taken place. So that's why I put a trigger warning. Not everyone here knows my story or is witness to the depths of the pain and trauma I have experienced. The hopelessness, fear, confusion, paralysis, anger, loneliness, anxiety, depression, and deep sorrow. I do not ever want to minimize the pain and trauma of anyone by glossing over over the struggle and only celebrating the healing because the struggle is real and it is hard and I believe in honoring the moment we are in and the emotions that we are feeling because doing that is a key part of finding genuine peace and healing but it's hard to accept and honor where we're at from a place of self-compassion and love if we feel that others are not honoring it with us and patiently allowing us to struggle and heal at our own pace so please know that I still hold a place for those of you who are in the depths of the struggle it's okay to struggle It's okay to feel whatever you are feeling and I don't judge you for any of it. The struggle is where the learning and the growth happen. I see you and I love you. So after that lengthy disclaimer, I can finally say that I am grateful for my betrayal trauma. I woke up at 5 a.m. after a disturbing dream and couldn't go back to sleep. I was lying in bed and began pondering what I've been through and I realized that I'm actually grateful for it. I never thought I'd get to this point. I wasn't sure if I ever even wanted to get to this point and that's okay. But I am here, and I am glad. I am grateful for the person I am becoming because of what I've experienced, and I like me. I have learned things and grown in ways I'm not sure I could have without experiencing the trauma of sexual betrayal. Does this mean that I would go back and choose to do this again? I don't know. I'm not sure. Does it mean I'd be okay being re-traumatized with another D-Day? No, absolutely not, which is why I have a boundary around that. Does it mean I have come to a place of acceptance with my husband's addiction? No, I will not accept active addiction or abuse as part of my marriage. That's why I have boundaries. Does it mean I would wish for anyone else to be blessed with betrayal trauma? Hell no. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Does it mean that God predestined me to be betrayed by my husband, assigning this trial to me? no i don't believe that for a second but he allowed it to happen after gently warning me over and over again that something was not right he hasn't condemned me for missing those warnings he has loved me and helped me to learn from the experience and through the experience i have learned that he wants me to be safe and to know happiness and i have learned how to trust and rely on him to keep me safe and at peace and if i miss another warning and fall into darkness again he will be there to lift me up and guide me back to light and healing None of the good that has resulted for me through this trauma takes away from the bad. I view them side by side. If I didn't give full validation to the bad, I wouldn't be able to fully appreciate the good. Why would I want to cheat myself of greater joy by glossing over or denying the darkest parts of my journey? I don't know what the future holds. My husband could relapse. I could be thrust back into deep trauma and we could end up divorced. But that's not going to keep me from feeling gratitude or joy today because today I am safe and I am feeling gratitude and joy. Acknowledging that the future could hold anything rather than boxing myself in with a firm resolution to only ever stay in this marriage no matter what or to only ever allow myself to feel happy and positive forevermore allows me to appreciate today for what it is. I will take things one day, one week, one year at a time. And I will do my best to honor whatever moment I am in, knowing that things can, will always be changing. And I'm not defined by any one moment. I don't have to feel sad or lonely or angry forever, just as I don't expect to feel happy and positive all the time for the rest of my life either. The beauty is in the flow.
0: That is so good. That's how so many women feel. Although I, like what I said with that lady at lunch, being grateful isn't the solution per se. But now that I'm on the other side, I actually do feel grateful. But it wasn't the solution. It's how I feel now that I have space, that I have safety, that I have security, that I've been able to process things from a safe distance. Now I feel grateful.
1: Right. And I think that the gratitude and the joy that we can feel if we allow it to come naturally as opposed to chasing it is more genuine. That's my experience. That's my experience. It was not helpful for me growing up as a child in a culture, in a family where I was constantly being told that I just needed to choose to be happy and that I just needed to choose not to let things bother me and that I just needed to smile more. You know, all of these things, it wasn't helpful. It didn't help me to be a happy kid. (laughs) And in trauma, when I was legitimately a victim of a terrible thing, it was not helpful at all. It was re-traumatizing and therefore actually stunted me a little bit until I was able to recognize what was going on and set boundaries around people who were not safe. But it was not helpful at all hearing messages like that. It's not trauma-informed to do that. And that's the thing. We have to be careful about timing. We have to be informed about trauma (laughs) so that we can best help people. ourselves.
0: We're going to continue this conversation next week. So stay tuned. Tracy and I are going to talk about the book Jesus Feminist by Sarah Bessie, which I recommend everyone read. If this podcast is helpful to you, please support it. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on support the podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.